Hey everyone, yes, welcome back to the Paid Search Podcast. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, I'm joined by the great Chris Schaefer. Chris, how's it going today? I heard you had a little McDonald's mm. fueling up before the show. What do you have? What do you have for lunch, buddy? My favorite McDonald's meal is the two hamburger and fry. I think it's a number seven. Just the simple cheeseburger, like the two little original cheeseburgers that are you know about the size of your hand. And then some some fries. It was I haven't had McDonald's in so long. You know you have those hungers. You know you just like you have a desire for certain something. And I was like I really want a McDonald's burger. And then about thirty minutes later, I started to regret it because boy, it is a brick in my tummy right now. <laughs> I feel I feel weighted down. Ugh, I'm like, oh, it was so good. But boy, I shouldn't have had the large fry. That was a mistake. <laughs> How are you feeling? Chris, uh, I'm feeling good. Uh, just so you know, I know you said two two cheeseburgers. Um, maybe if you want to add on to that, they have uh, something called the the bundle up, hmm? which is two cheeseburgers, two medium fries, maybe small or medium. I'm not sure. And I think it's twenty nuggets, two fr- oh. two two small or medium fries. I'm not sure. Oh. Two cheeseburgers. 20 nuggets, how much do you think that cost? No drinks on this, but just that. Well, my meal was like six something. Oh, by, by the way, Chris, so two, I meant- quor- two quarter pounders with cheese? I can't believe this. I thought it was two wow. burgers, but let's say they're quarter pounders with cheese, Okay, two, two medium fries, and 20 nuggets. 20 nuggets. That's a lot of nuggets. I imagine like six or seven bucks. All right. All right, all right. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, let's get into the show. You know, you you knew it was going to be a low number, and you went too low, so oh. the number I said wasn't any good. So, but I don't even think you know what you're doing. I ruined it. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, Chris. Well, you know, I made a little attempt at humor. Made a made yes. a little attempt at a dance with my dance partner there, and my my feet got stepped, stepped on, on your but, toes. Yeah, sorry. But hey, that that's, that's okay. Me. You know, that's you're me. really good. At Google Ads, yeah, I mean, one thing, the way you promote yourself is you're, you only focus oh, on Google dude, Ads. You're what? only really good at Google Ads. I think you just need to expand that to so people know it's not just Google Ads versus other marketing channels. It's just Google Ads and the rest of your life. Yeah. You're really good at Google Ads and yeah. maybe nothing. nothing? No, yeah. I'm kidding, Chris. Yeah. I'm kidding. It's okay. One trick pony. I can, I'm good at cleans. Heavy cleans. No, no, Chris. Chris, I'm getting feedback from people. Oh, and don't honestly. Don't talk honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the CrossFit stuff. It's our our Q rating is going down every time you mention it. So <laughs> let's just stay away from that. Even when I joke about it, it's just people don't want to hear it. They don't so. want to hear it. Okay. So, Chris, uh, let's get into uh, the search news. Okay, there's no news again. Once again, uh, no it's news. very quiet out there. Wah, I'm very wah. nervous. End, of the, the end of the year. Yeah, it's slow. I've got a gut feeling. Some. Massive changes don't, are coming next year. Don't I just say have that, that feeling. No. <laughs> no, I have that feeling. To be honest with you, I have that feeling. I'm just sharing my uh, feeling with you. Uh-uh. I mean, now that you think about it, it's been really quiet. It has, lately. yeah. And they delayed a lot of stuff because of COVID and everything got the whole world changed and all that kind of stuff. Don't you have the gut feel as we get past the holidays and into 2022? It's makeup time. We we are going to hammer some changes on. Yeah, you because because they told us like months ago about the expanded text ads going away, and they're like, "But mm-hmm. that's in a year." And you're like, mm-hmm. "Okay, that's weird." And then it's quiet, and then you realize they didn't they didn't want the expanded text ad news to blend in with the fact that they're 
they're now merging with Facebook or something like crazy, you know, so all ads are going to show on Facebook too. You know, th- that, that announcement in January is going to overshadow the expanded text ads, but yeah. I okay. Know. I don't, I don't think it's going to be that, but it's, it's going to be something, but in, in some news, I mean, some marketing news, Facebook shut down tons of audiences the other day. Oh. Um, mm. And, uh, or should I say meta? But anyway, Chris, uh, on today's episode, uh, we're going to be talking about leaky, or leaking pay-per-click Google Ads campaigns. Yeah. And you've identified eight, possibly more if we have time, but eight ways that your campaigns could be leaking and not performing well. And I'm going to push back a little bit on those and give the shady agency argument to expand client budgets and make money and spend it on sports cars and vacations because that's what they do. And the next thing you know, they're in their 60s still being the digital marketing guys. Uh, It's kind of pathetic. But um, yeah, so some people want to push spend on on advertisers. We don't really do that. We're more about results. And uh, we're going to be talking about ways you could be not quite getting results. If you guys have a couple of minutes, let me tell you what you can do in just a couple minutes. If you use Optio and allow this wonderful system to scan your results... In Google Ads, the clicks, the click-through rates, the the metrics, the search terms, all that massive data, let Optio crunch the numbers, and it can start pushing improvements to your Google Ads in moments. This is the tool that we highly recommend for managers of Google Ads campaigns, whether you are managing one or 100. This is a tool that can be scaled easily. You just sign up for an 8 week free trial at optio.com slash PSP2. The link is in the description. You can sign up there, use the chat box to say, hey, I heard about your awesome tool on the PaySearch podcast, and I'd like to try it out for free for eight weeks. That's double the time that anyone else gets. And God, there's there's like 40 different improvement types. We're not talking about, hey, add a new keyword. I mean, it gets deep. It gets intense. There's all kinds of great tips that you will find on Optio. And the great thing is it's fast. You can get in and get out and you make the decisions about what changes you want to see. This is not an automated tool. This is a smart man's tool. This is the kind of tool when if you're the listener of a pay search podcast, you want to make good decisions. That's what Optio helps you do. Make good decisions, lots of improvements just in a single click optio.com slash PSP2. Okay, Chris. So give me your uh, breakdown here of what a leaking campaign is. What's a leaky campaign to you versus maybe just an outright horrible campaign? Right. Um, So you have a campaign that is spending on budget. For the purpose of this whole episode, Let's say that uh, you know you're at seventy percent search impression share, or at least you have a little bit of impression share that you're losing, right? So you're losing out on some of the market on a small percentage, maybe a big percentage, but the point is you're losing something. A leaky campaign means that instead of having an eighty five, a ninety, a ninety five percent search impression share, and basically just owning every bit of the best quality traffic, you're losing a little bit of it because your budget's running out. And you ask, well, why is it running out? What's that have to do with a leaky campaign? It's leaking because of lots of little holes that are flowing through 
uh, small settings, small network changes that that you may have made that you, you don't realize. There's all kinds of little things in the account that you may have missed. And that that's how I define a leaky campaign. A leaky campaign is something that you don't realize you're losing traffic to this and that it's completely unwanted traffic for you. That's the big difference. Still angry about how you literally said you paid six or seven bucks for just two burgers and you're like, oh, so it must be more. And then by the time the, the punchline got around to the joke, you were like, it's the same price for like triple the amount of food, seven bucks. But I'm going to let it go. Uh, Chris, I guess some people would some people would kind of push back and say like, you know, a leaky campaign, like, yeah, we get it. Nothing's ever going to be perfect mm-hmm. uh, when you advertise online and stuff. And stuff's always going to sneak through. And that's the beauty of what we do as Google account managers and people who optimize Google Ads accounts. There's always going to be something to do. So leaky is normal. But I'm with you. Leaky is not acceptable. It's not acceptable in my world. It's not acceptable in your world. We go for perfection because we know it's possible. And to take the metaphor further, what happens with a boat if you have a small leak? Mm-hmm. Well, the small leak eventually will fill up your boat with water and you will sink. And to me, that's basically what happens with not fully perfect Google Ads campaigns. Because if there's a hole, if there's a problem, given all the changes Google does, given dumb things people do in their accounts all the time, at some point you're going to pay the price uh, for that for that small leak. It'll eventually get you. And so you got to stay on top of stuff. So, Chris, your first example here, broad keywords. What's wrong with broad keywords? What's your problem? Right. I mean, this one's a gimme, right? I mean, this isn't a surprise. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, it's it's not. not. Okay. We're not getting anything easy today. Okay. Okay. Broad keywords. Daddy's got to get a new Ferrari here. (laughs) Uh, We need to run broad. Okay. First of all, at least acknowledge this. Do you not realize how much more ad spend and volume and conversions sometimes? Mm-hmm can come when you run broad keywords and you run them hard with regular bids. Yeah. I mean, will you at least acknowledge that oh, it's, absolutely. it's a huge amount of more volume than regular phrase and exact? Yeah. I was just doing an audit on an, on an account yesterday and I was very reminded about how a pairing of some automated bids, a good website, a good product, and broad keywords can just blow up and do really well I and mean, just phenomenal get get a cost per acquisition that can be now we're talking get, yeah, can can, can be yeah. better but jason but that's, that's the exception that's the exception it does not happen like that would you acknowledge sir prove it that- prove it <laughs> no that's what i'll say when i got nothing else to say i'll pull up i'll pull no, you're up right. it any is the, account it is the exception. Yeah. yeah it is the exception yeah so yeah, I mean that's that's it. Broad keywords allow for too much leniency unless you use them very carefully. So it's not that I'm completely against them. It's just that most of the time they're not used in the cautious manner that they should be used. They're used just for frontline, get some traffic, you know, get out there and show to everything all the time. And so I think some people might say, like, okay, well, you know, we've had this campaign for a long time. We threw in like two broad keywords mm-hmm. or out of our four, sure. 40 keywords. We're doing things like the Paid Search Podcast, guys. We keep it manageable with our keyword list. But we put in these two. And maybe right now they're eating up, just those two keywords are eating up 15% of our okay. spend okay. out of the 40 keywords. It's That's okay. It makes sense. But here's why 
or here's where it could be leaky is I don't know about you, Chris, but in the past year, like trying to explain Google ads to clients or trying to mm. just verbalize what I'm seeing in the accounts, it's getting crazy because I, I really think the more you, you watch it, I think tests are going on all the time yeah. on the back end that we don't know about. And so things change all the time. And like, what, what if all of a sudden they start letting your one of those two broad keywords show up on other searches and they open it up just a little bit and all of a sudden it's not 15% of spend, but it blows up to like 45% of spend mm -hmm. going to your broad keywords. You got to know where it's coming from. So I guess the question is, Chris, obviously you're not telling people don't run broad keywords because a lot of times they work and a lot of people listening are running them right now and they're happy with them. What, what What's the difference between running broad keywords not leaky and then running broad keywords where they are leaky? Mm, that's, a, that's a good question. I think the... The easiest way to answer that is if you have any type of governor system that forces the broad keywords to stop at some point. And there's a lot of ways to do that. You could just have broad keywords in one campaign uh, with a low budget. Where you control it by budget. Right. Control it by budget. Yep. Where you uh, control another, it by budget. Another option would be you have broad keywords in the same campaign as everything else, but you're using manual bids and you... Uh, you know, you, you have those bids at a very low threshold, so they don't ever get out of control. And then the the third option might be, you know, maybe you've been doing it a long time and you've actually, because I've, I've done this myself, I know you have too, you're running negative keywords to such efficiency that the broad keywords actually get exactly what you want at a pretty efficient uh, percentage. I mean, that Good luck with that. That's a long, yeah, <laughs> that's a long process, but it is possible. Chris, I'm into making my life easy, as I was telling you before the show. And to me, it's just easier these days to run broad in their own campaign. As much as of a pain that is sometimes, like if you're running in seven locations, you have seven campaigns, and then now you've got seven more campaigns for the broad keywords. Mm -hmm. e it just seems worth it doing at this point because I've tried to do it when I have bids in, in the um, controlled in the same ad group, but I don't know. It just or an ad group for broad in a campaign, but it just gets a little messy. Um, so I, I like broad in their own campaign. And so I guess if you're looking at your own Google ads account, then we'll jump off broad after this, but it's the first one on your list here in terms yeah. of it's the most possible le leaks for your, so it is the most common. And so the number one thing people could do in their Google ads accounts today is to go to their keywords, highlight their top volume keywords that are broad keywords check that box and then the little blue line pops up and then you can hit search terms for those selected keywords, your high volume broad. Yep. And look at how the search term quality is on those searches. Is that the number one thing people can probably do? Yeah. I mean, to really judge what- to judge how, how it's yeah, going. Yeah, what they're getting yeah. is to look at those individual search terms. Absolutely. Okay, number two. So search, search partners and Google search. Yeah. This, Explain this. This is something that I have- I've learned a hard lesson this year in particular. This year, I've had two accounts where I had search partners on and the very different industries, but they were going after high funnel types of stuff, right? Lots of question, you know, how high to- High funnel keywords. Yeah, high funnel keywords, right? So I'm using phrase match. I'm using exact match, but they're high funnel. They're they're question keywords or some symptom keywords. You know, they're not they're not buyer keywords. And I have been blown away. I, I have seen situations where 75% of the spend is going 
to search partners. That's not a leak. That's a friggin' hole. Wow. Wow. Like major. Wow. And then in in more of the tone of what we're talking about today, I see plenty of accounts where it's, you know, 20, 30, 40% of the spend, you know, and that's that's significant. How much did you say on that first one? 75. Like 75% of the spend. Um I'm telling you. Is you. it an industry that only one client would be in, or could you say something like medical to me right now? Um, no, it, it, and and don't stretch it if if it's no, no, it's it, it, it. it's like in um, uh, business franchising kind of stuff. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, so and why why is that leaky to you? If eighty percent of your traffic comes, well, from I'll tell you that. Partner? I mean, it's not always the case, but I'll tell you what happens. And because- hold on, hold on. Aren't you a search engine marketing? person Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. aren't people who click on your ads whether the keywords are like low funnel or high funnel they have to do searches that trigger those keywords to show your ads whether it's on google.com searches or on some other website search engine or another search engine or an internal search engine Mm -hmm. on a website Mm -hmm. it's still search engine marketing so what what the heck is your problem right now (laughs) yeah i i agree it seems like it should be fine but here's what I got from the client. They were getting messages from international leads. They were getting messages from people that seemed confused about who they even were or how they got to the site. You know, it, it was it was just obscure traffic, very poor quality leads, people that didn't even seem to be speaking English as a first language, even children at times that they were talking to over the chat. It was crazy. And I isolated it down. Okay, but you're giving up partners. on a lot of... You're giving up on a lot of traffic sure. by, so how do you, well, hold on. Why do you isolate, how do you isolate down? How do you know it was coming from search partners? We turned it off and it quit. Was it a conversion rate thing you could tell? Oh yeah. They were getting tons of conversions from search partners. Tons. Oh. It was like 80% so, of their leads. So you leads. had to go through the pro- thought process of, okay, I'm seeing a great conversion rate overall, mm-hmm. great cost per lead. But the client's telling me the leads are not good. Mm-hmm. So then you had to do the second level of thinking, which is let me segment out my campaign performance by network and look at the conversions by Google search for search partners. And then you had to think, well, even though search partners looks awesome with a lower cost per conversion and a higher conversion rate, it's actually not where I want to be because I don't think the leads are qualified qualified coming from it. Yeah. That was you it. thought that you at you, Chris, you, yeah. the person it I'm looking hurt. at, you thought that it was a, it was, no, an, I'm impressed. I it mean, was an amazing, it was like a, right it was like a 60% conversion rate. I mean, it, I was blowing it up. I was so happy with that. And then they tell me, Chris, so you're like the person in, in Google analytics that looks at the bounce rate and the bounce rate is like 1% from organic <laughs> search. And you're like, man, we are crushing it. And it's like, no, it's actually no, something's the, wrong. Yeah, with your Something's code. wrong with the code. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's me. Wow. So that's, that's very deep thinking, Chris. So why don't you just uh, pull up some report that showed you where your placements of your search partner traffic was yeah. from and, and negative out the placements that sure. were driving all those bad conversions. Why didn't you do that? Oh, yeah. Why didn't I, I do thought that? You knew, I thought you knew what you were doing. Why didn't you do that? <laughs> let's, not, let's not lead people on as they go on a wild goose chase looking for that setting. It does not exist. There is no report to see where they show up on search partners. Oh, they don't have they don't Yeah, have they, that don't data. Have that. they don't have that. They don't have that. Okay. <laughs> You had some people just chomping like, oh, where is that? He's going to tell us. He's going to tell. No, there is nothing. You just get to see that it's coming from search partners oh. and you can either turn it on well, or turn day, it off. Well, one day I wish they could maybe 
figure out a way to gather that yeah. data and then they it'd, could share it, it with would, us. Be um, nice. No, I mean, come on. That's that's something we got to add here, Google. We also got to add uh, the language settings for the person that sees the mm. or clicks or whatever. It'd be great to open up the languages so you could still get all languages if you want. But if you were getting some weird language that wasn't performing well, you could negative it yep. out. Yep. Come on now. Um, so, you, so you don't have a choice to just turn off one placement or, or anything like that or even get data on them. So you had to turn off the display. You had, excuse me, you had to turn off the search partners network. Yep, entirely. Shut it off. And then what happened? Did you only get 20% of the budget you were trying to spend? Or did could you spend the rest of your budget on Google search? Yeah, we spent the rest on Google search, but the conversions dropped off. But that was a major leak. It was it was a wasted But, but don't even call them conversions because conversions are so positive. The, yeah. the, the horrible performing conversions, right. the bad leads dropped the, off. The crap yeah. leads stopped, yeah. Mm. But I bet you have other accounts that run search partners have... I don't know if it's a better conversion rate or a worse conversion rate on search partners with Google search, but regardless, the leads are good. Sure. From but search partners. we're talking small leaks. Again, I'm assuming that you have a struggling search impression share. I'm, I'm assuming that you know you you would like to be as efficient on Google.com as possible, and this is another setting where you could inch that search impression share up. You could inch that position yeah. up slightly. You're right. You know, um, I think the one word... It's not one word, but whatever. The one way of thinking about search partners, it is account dependent mm. or campaign dependent. Mm. I will say this like you, I have seen the search partners performance, whether it's the quality of the leads from them or the actual just rates and data themselves yep. or the volume, how much you can get from it yep. varies wildly mm. from account to account. And so my default is always to have it on to sure, start, sure. but to monitor it. And sometimes we leave it on and sometimes we don't because it's just extremely account dependent. Yeah. I'll tell you my rule of thumb nowadays is if I'm going after high funnel, I, I don't use it. I don't use search partners if I'm going after what I... High funnel, that's where you are finding problems. Yeah, I find problems. High funnel, qu symptom issue keywords, you know, stuff that could, you know, job search. Oh gosh, job search. I, I wish I could look into why, because like, I wish I could figure out like, does that, is that because there's other search engines, small search engines we're showing on that use Google's technology and advertising? Or is it websites that have internal search know. engines on their website? It's just, who knows? I don't you know, know. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So that, yeah. So yeah, it's just account dependent. Now, Chris, if there was one thing, one thing that I was possibly doing wrong on Google ads accounts and someone said, hey, what is the one thing that keeps you up at night that you think maybe you could improve your Google ads accounts from great to all-time greatness? My hunch would be that by always turning off the display network additional option on my search mm. campaigns, I'm missing out on traffic. So I'm going to describe what this is to me, and then I want to hear why you think it's leaky and then how often you keep it on, if ever. When you set up a search campaign, just like you can check a box that says show me on search partners, you can also check a box that says show me on the display network. My impression of that is that Google understands that it's a primarily search campaign that you're adding on the option of the display network. And because of that, they'll look at your website, they'll look at your keywords, and they'll just kind of maybe add, maybe let 5% of your budget mm -hmm. or 10% mm -hmm. at the, maybe at the most. 
go to impressions on the display network and however they figure out where to show them, they show them and the quality is fairly high because it's so dominated by the data you're putting into the search campaign. That's my impression of it, but obviously that's not the way I think about it or I don't have high confidence because I never use it because if I'm going to do a display campaign, I do it on its own. Yeah. But it does keep me up at night. Maybe I'm missing out on a little extra great boost here on search campaigns. Do you agree with that or am I just fantasizing? I I, I agree. I agree that it is. It, this is if this is a leak, this is just a tiny small leak but it's to me it's still a leak it's we're still talking about an account that has you know a small uh very targeted let's say they have superior keywords great conversion rate you know you know what it would really bother me to have display network mixed with google search if we had just great leads and that you know we're, we're we're at a 80 percent search impression share 60 percent search impression share you're telling me you would not immediately turn off display network if you needed to get a little bit more out of the budget i know i would i mean i i do because when i'm running a search campaign i run it but um not just being a shady agency trying to get a ferrari for my girlfriend and not telling my wife about the ferrari figuring out how to run that through the business or whatever these guys do (laughs) um i don't know chris like i mean it does seem like the other end of the spectrum is say you have a perfect search campaign and you're happy with it Mm. i kind of like the idea of clicking that button throwing on the display network on top of it not having to select all this stuff and just seeing what it does but let let me ask you if you know if you don't remember you don't remember because i don't remember but the last five to ten campaigns that you saw Mm -hmm. that people were running where they had the display network still checked on Mm -hmm. in the settings on a primarily a search campaign was a lot of the budget going to display or like just some of the budget? No. It is very rare. I'd say it's even more rare for a display network plus search campaign to have some obscure high percentage of display and low percentage of search. It doesn't happen often, but I definitely have seen it. But most of the time, no. It's usually just like you said, 5%, maybe 10%. And do you recall what, seeing what kind of results? Are you getting any conversions from those no. display clicks? or I mean, yeah no 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 conversions you know it doesn't. so why so why don't you just why don't you just run a pure search campaign so you can be confident right. in what you're showing on and then run a remarketing campaign right there we go yeah. yep okay so um another leak here number four chris you better man up right now and, and get some energy i don't know if you need some tuna or goldfish <laughs> but i know you think i'm going slow here i know you think that uh-huh, uh-huh. but i'm looking at my timer and we're not even close to being okay. Uh, I'm good. Right now. I so trust you. You, you better. You, you better have the time. I'm fine. Find some kind of I reserve. Had, in I there had and, two and get, hamburgers get together. and about three potatoes, and, and and some Dr Pepper. I had a lot of caffeine, so I'm good. Let's go. You don't. But I know. But I need you to look good because I'm bouncing off your energy here. <laughs> look a little better. Stand up straight. Do me that favor. All right. Do a little dance. Spin around for me. Okay, large large number of clicks on site links. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, there, see. This is, a, this is a, See, you're not even going to argue with that one, are you? That one, this happens so much. I know, but if I'm an agency and I'm talking to a prospective client and maybe they had the great Chris Schaefer look at their campaign and he segmented out their site link clicks and he was like, look, this is a balance we have to walk. I know you can get some more quality score for site links, but I'm looking at these conversion rates and people just don't like going to your about page or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're seeing your very bare contact page. They mm-hmm. want 
the goods, they want to see that homepage or that service page. We can only do that so many times in site links. I mean, maybe you could try turning them off, take the quality score hit, but get the awesome conversion rate increase. And then I get in there as the agency and I'm like, you know what? You can get more quality score. And so what I'm trying to do with my clients, I'm trying to help you get quality score. I'm not trying to take away quality score. Quality score <laughs> is the magic secret to Google ads right. that people don't know about. Right. And you can boost that with site links. So we're <laughs> going to turn these site links back on. Uh-huh. That's what that's what you're dealing with here, Chris. So yeah. I mean, for you to say that there's a problem with site links. What are you even saying here? What is, what is your beef? It's it, Yeah, it doesn't sound like I know what I'm talking about, but let me explain it this way. Let's say your headline, your main site that you're sending people to from your headline has a 30% conversion rate. And then Chris gets into your account, does an audit on your account, and I find out that 15, maybe 10% of your traffic, your spend is going to this site link and it has no conversions. It has nothing. You Every single click that you lost to your site link, you lost that 30% know, chance that our, they're going to I know, I know, but having our site link show up big there in the top position, all that, it raised our click-through rate. Mm, mm, mm. I'd, to me, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to me. I know, but it raised our click-through yeah. rate. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know it did. I know, and I know, but Chris, we're sending reports to people month after month trying to show ever, <laughs> every ever metric improving accounts. Every metric to has to be perfect. Our no. click through rate by five percent every single month. Yeah, and so after five years, the click through rate actually went up seventy five times. Yeah, and it went from one percent. Now we have a seventy five percent click through rate because right. we snuck in some broad keywords because right. all they show up go. on this brand, and I'm in a Ferrari. And, and get, everything's getting good. Your, yeah, you're but getting I guess your you're worried one. about the results. Yeah, I'm worried. Yeah, yeah, just like you, just like you, Jason. You're role playing here, so Jason's the good guy too. But yeah, it matters. But Chris, the thing is, like, you have to make an adult decision here. I, I define adult decisions where it's not like an easy decision, and there's a negative to either way you do it. Now you just have to weigh the risk and rewards and the positives versus the negatives. Negatives, but. I mean, you have to make an adult decision here because you are potentially giving up real estate if you don't have the site links in there. You're giving up potentially quality score and you're mm. giving up, because you're giving up quality score, you're potentially giving up cost per click and cost per conversion Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and click-through rate. But if you think you're getting more from the clicks that you do still get converting at a much higher rate, then that's the decision you have to make. Yeah. Think of all the fools out there that are on autopilot with their campaigns. Just oh, I make site links because it said to make site links. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, you got to you got to think through this stuff. And this isn't on every account, by the way. This is just yeah. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes, yeah. And, and you said it yourself. You subtly said it, but this is this is the formula that everyone does. They grab their about us page. They grab our staff page. They grab their uh, like. Their uh, blog post that has nothing blog to do with posts, anything yeah. has a They're, horrible format. The, the page that, that somebody decided to put together that has like the company pets on it, you know, and somebody clicks on that and you just paid your full P site links cost the same amount, right? There is no, if they click on a site link, it's not a reduced price. If your average CPC is eight bucks, you just That's paid eight bucks for them to go to a, an about us page. Blech. And their whole mindset was, I'm looking for a landscaping company. I'm looking for someone where I can call right now and get prices. That's their whole mindset. And the user doesn't really get the difference between a site link and a yeah, they don't know a headline on average. I mean, some people go, oh, I see that they have different parts of this 
clickable section of Google search, I'm going to click on the about us and read about this company. But a lot of people are just, a lot of people are crazy, by the way. And then they're doing searches <laughs> and then they're just like, they're they're like, I'm crazy. I'm just going to click. And they I'm click crazy. and they're like, wait, this isn't a landscaping. This is some guy and his family on an about page. Right, right. Back to Google. Yeah. like They, they don't want to look through the menu and find the actual page that, that has the services on it. Yeah. All right, That's Chris, it. we're going to take a we're going to take a quick break. Uh, you danced for me earlier. Now we're going to yes, do it sir. to some music. Let's I'm going to enjoy that. And uh, then we'll be back to finish up the uh, ways your account could be leaking. optio.com slash PSP2 to get your eight-week free trial. Remember that it only takes a couple minutes to scan your entire account. This Optio tool is a great way to find the small leaks in your account. We're going through eight. Did you remember that there are 40, at least 40 different improvement types that Optio runs through? Lots and lots of different improvements. So, all of the different patches that it can put onto your um, accounts, your campaigns, to make sure that you're not suffering from a leaky campaign. This is the tool for you. Really encourage you to check it out. It's entirely free. You get eight weeks. Everybody else out there that doesn't know about the Paid Search Podcast, they only get four. So this is a great opportunity. Take advantage of it. That's optio.com slash PSP2. Okay, Chris. So we've got a few more ways your account could be leaking here. Um, man, this is not one I've thought about in a while. Um, mm. But I get, but you know what? I see more and more emails from Google saying, "Hey, your accounts have been linked to your Google My Business." Yep, and that means this Get Direction stuff is going to be showing more. The Get Details, so Get Directions and Get Details. Yep. I mean, man, tough, tough decisions here, Chris. Because yep. I mean, Google My Business linking it, Google likes that quality score, mm-hmm. but people can't click on these things. What do you think? Yeah, it's. It, you're, you're exactly right. It is tough because in many accounts, when you set these up, these track as conversions. When you set up a Google My Business and it's a local business, um, it may track as a conversion. So you as a Google Ads, Ads Manager, you might have to decide to stop the get directions from being a conversion. You might have to stop it from, you know, uh, being a click option at all. And that might not be something that is best for your report. It may not be best for your boss looking at what you're doing. Say, why the conversions go down 40%, you know? Well, I made a decision that, uh, you know, to, to turn off one of our best conversions. Well, why'd you do that? Well, because we don't want people coming to our office. We want people to call. You know, we want people to go to our website, yeah, fill a out a form. Company. We're a moving company. We, they, they can't come to our office. Our office is your house, boss. You know, that, that's just the way it works. So decisions like that, that's absolutely a leak. And same thing as I said before about the site links. It costs the same. When they click on a pin in Google Maps, when they click on get directions, when they click on get details, get business details, those cost money. It costs the same amount that you pay for everything else, but there's no opportunity for them to even look at your site. They've already passed that opportunity. They'd have to hit the back button, then click on the headline again 
just to go to your site. And it, that's a problem to me. Now, by turning this off, is the option basically you have to uh, uh, you have to not link the business address in Google My Business? I believe so. Yeah, see, for me, this is just, you got to make tough decisions here. It's very client dependent because, I mean, some clients, they just have no business having someone come to their website some or their office, some kind of national B2B company who's trying to sure. drive leads from Google Ads nationally. It doesn't matter where their address is or that people can see their address. And the thing is, when someone's searching for a software, for a payroll software, they don't do it in the map listings right. ever. Right. They're just doing Google search, but then you got to consider like, okay, if you're a moving company, yeah, we don't really need people coming to our office. So there, so we can give up Google My Business linking to Google ads that in that regard and just get clicks for our website that generates leads. Awesome. However, then you run into the issue of like, well, if we do unlink Google My Business, then are we going to be able to show our ads in the map section when someone just pulls up the map section first on their phone or whatever and does a search for a moving company because they want to see that the moving company is around them at least. Mm. Then I'm like, yeah, maybe it is worth leaving it on there. And knowing those 5% of clicks we're going to get to get directions and all that, that we're, they're just going to hurt our conversion rate. And it's fine um, because we got to be in the map. So you got to make decisions. And then there's sometimes like an orthodontist office, you just, I've, we've had the opposite situation, Chris, where like I've had to push the map on the client, the map ads and the Google My Business. And I had to tell them like, hey, as good as I look every single day in my LL Bean, you know, and in my new balances, as good as I look as a Google ads manager every day in the job I'm doing, this will make me look worse on my monthly report. My conversions will go down for you yep. because you're going as the orthodontist, you're going to get clicks on the details or get location and they're not going to call after they click on that all the time. And so like, we want to be on the ads. We want to be there because people are looking for an orthodontist on there, but just know it's more, it's about more than conversions. It's about more than conversion rate. And even CPA, it's about thinking these things through and like, yeah. So what if our reported conversion rate goes down if we're crushing it on the map? So um, I think one, one thing I'm getting at with a lot of this uh, extension stuff, Chris, is you got to be able to to step back from the stupid report with the stupid CPA and the stupid conversion rate and ask yourself, what is this doing for my business overall? And, and judge things that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you're exactly right. It is, um, it can be a, it can be a self-sacrificing type of decision where you, you have to cut off something and, uh, you know, it, it might make the reports look worse, but in the end, you know, this is a leak. This is a way to where, you know, you're spending money uh, needlessly. And I'll tell you, a website can be a, can be changed with a call to action, a phone number, a, a lead form. But does your map listing present the same type of interest driving best foot forward messaging that your website does? It's unlikely, you know, maybe. It, well, it depends. If you're an orthodontist office and someone wants you around that neighborhood. Sure. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. It does. So, But it's just, but it's very uh, client specific. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Chris, automated extensions. Uh, man, w hold on. What, Chris, when you were in school, we know you dated up. We we all remember that from your childhood. <laughs> and so getting more into your middle school and high school experience here, did a site link like shove you into a locker 
and like, what did they do to you, dude? We have another one that has to do with sight links. Another sight link. Did you, I know. Did you get? Do you have nightmares about sight links still? Did you get beat up by a sight link? This is. It's you know. I I scour the boat for you know with like like a paper towel, just tapping the bottom of the boat to find any wet spot, and I keep finding wet spots in 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 sight links. I'll tell you, wow. you may not think was, hey, you know, we can we can skip number four and number six because Chris was talking about on those, they were sight links. Uh, number six is about automated sight links. Uh, you may have automated extensions running and you don't know. And what Google is going to be doing with an automated extension is it's going to be choosing a page that it has indexed and show those automatically underneath your ad. And you may never know that you're getting clicks on that, but you are. And it won't register uh, you know, as a headline click. That's a site link click, and it's going to be going to that page. And it's not going to be your homepage. It's not going to be your, your page that you are already linking to on your headline. You know, it, It's going to be something that uh, uh, you would not even know about. So automated extensions specifically site links. I'm not concerned about call outs and in other things, mainly it's the site links because that's the one where you can be spending money unknowingly. Okay. Number seven here, the call extension outside of business hours. I, I, as an, as a shady agency guy in this episode, <laughs> Thank uh, you. I really, I'm trying to think of a, a way to squeeze a buck out of a client's pocket right here. I just, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way to disagree with you on this, but yeah. can I justify running the call extension outside of business hours? Business can hours, I yeah. justify that? If they, if they have a voicemail, if they have a 24-7 answering no, service. No, but, but right? I'm very good at what I do, and this leads to a natural conversation of, okay, during business hours, yes, have that call extension on. After business hours, now we have to ask ourselves, what are we getting when we run after business hours? There's still awesome search results there. So I propose a 24-7 campaign that runs overnight, three in the morning, people are looking for a mover. You know that, I know that. And we will turn off the call extension on your overnight campaign and we will set it to uh, point the ads to a very specific overnight landing page that we, we will create for another $2,500 on your <laughs> uh, monthly invoice this month. And that, that landing page will speak directly to overnight traffic. Mm. So that's how I'll spin that one, Chris. Okay. But yeah, so so yeah. you you see clients getting click to call or whatever kind of when you segment out the click type, you're getting call clicks at like six o'clock, seven o'clock when you know there it just goes straight to voicemail. Right. I mean, this is mainly uh, ads that are running twenty four seven. You know, and the easiest way to find out if this is happening, you run ads twenty four seven, and you also have a call extension, and the call extension has no uh, time schedule. limit. Yeah, no ad schedule set to the call extension. So you may not be realizing it, but if your ads can show at 3 a.m. in the morning and you have a call extension with no ad schedule attached to it, eh, you could be showing a call extension in the middle of the night and paying for that. And that and that's a leak. It may be just yeah, one out absolutely. of every 30. So maybe, maybe one out of every 10 or 8 or 12 or 15 clicks sure. or 5, Small. whatever, during the day, during the day, click on that call extension, but then even overnight, maybe it's just one out of every 30 clicks, but still that's a few clicks a month that you're paying for that you could send them to your website and, and try to get their lead form, get them to fill out a lead form. The call extension schedule is like 
in the extra details when you set up a call extension right. phone number. Yeah, it's it, yeah. You go to you go to the add extensions, then you go to call extension, and then it's do- down towards the bottom. You can set and, up. and you can tell it like, oh, hey, even though my campaign runs twenty four seven or whatever schedule you run, I want the call extension to be eligible to show only during these specific hours. Yep. <laughs> dynamic search ads. What's going on? Last here one with these, yeah. Chris. Number eight, dynamic search ads. I'll tell you, this one harkens back to number one. I, I think the same uh, argument could be made for broad keywords as it could be made for dynamic search ads. Dynamic search ads are dynamite when they are uncontrolled. I think they can blow up and get a ton of traffic all over the board. They could get brand. They could get high funnel. They could get low funnel. They may be getting conversions. But do you have control of them? Are they just a wild child running out there spending money? Um you know, rarely do people consider that this might need to be in its own campaign, or if you're using manual bids, that it needs to be a CPC that's half of everything else. And Chris, give people an overview of what dynamic search ads oh, are. Yeah. Okay. So dynamic search ads, when you create a new ad group, up towards the top of the page, there's a little drop down where you can choose standard or dynamic. So you can change that ad group from a standard to a dynamic when you create it. A dynamic uses no keywords. It just uses a web page. So you tell Google, "Uh, I'm going to skip the keywords. I'm going to put a web page in and you go to town. You just decide what's relevant for me and you pick my traffic. And what about the ad copy? You get to write two descriptions, no headlines. Uh, Okay. So it's like you, you, you get a, you get some of the ad copy now and you don't, so basically you, you pick your settings your schedule, your location, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And then you don't do any keyword work because it's a dynamic ad group. Mm-hmm. And they pick what searches you show up on. And then ad copy, you get a little bit of input there. Mm. Um, what about seeing the search terms that you're getting clicks from? Are you able to see that? Yes, you can. You can see search terms. And this is how I know it's always a leaky kind of thing because I look at these. I go to these pretty quickly when I see them in accounts. And I want to know. You know, I see conversions in here. Wonder where these are coming from. Boom, boom, boom. They're brand. Most of the time, they're brand. You know, they're going to get a lot of high funnel, low funnel types of stuff, but the conversions are going to be coming from brand. So to me, that's a and leak. It's uncontrolled. So you could add brand as a negative and run your own brand campaign if you want. Um, sure. I'm sure. assuming. But what generally what what are the results like from dynamic ad groups? And then uh, do you ever? choose to run them like as a strategy to see oh. how it would do versus your your stuff. Oh, definitely. I, I think they're I think they're worth doing, but the same thing as broad keywords. It can be explosive, it can be it can be very detrimental if you don't control it. So if you use it, make sure you have bids that are appropriate, you have budget it make sure it's controlled and it's not going to be spending fifty percent of your budget and you don't even realize it. Okay, Chris, a little uh, bonus here if you're running twenty four seven Look at your schedule. Take a look at your how much of your budget is going to those overnight hours and see what the cost per conversion is on those hours. You can run a report um, because like Chris got um, into uh, at the beginning of the show, it's about search impression share. And if your search impression share is not 100% on the primary campaign, those business hours and where you perform best, you can run less overnight or not overnight yeah. mm-hmm. have that extra budget mm-hmm. go into your daytime campaign that's performing great and then your leaky campaign got less leaky because you're getting 
more from your best time. Oh, yeah. And then if you want to run yeah. overnight, you can. And then tablets, Chris. Uh, you look at your devices and you see your tablets, uh, mobile, tablet, and then desktop. And now sometimes uh, television on display stuff. Tablets, Chris, are something where like, again, if I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about keeping me up at night about Google Ads, probably... I should put negative 90 or whatever you can do, negative 100% yeah, if you can, yeah. all the time. But I'd never do because tablets end up being like 3% of the cost anyway. Mm. But they don't seem to perform that well for a lot of industries. Yeah. It, this is, again, this is account specific, industry specific, but... Um, Could be a place you're leaking. Yeah. It, it's just another small thing to keep tabs on. But uh, yeah, that's it. You know, you got you got eight plus two bonus. If you keep tabs on your account, little things like this can make a massive difference. You could take an account that's getting 80% search impression share, bring that up to, you know, 93, 92, something like that. You, these little things make a difference and can make a, you know, a huge difference in your overall uh, budget and spend if you, if you know what you're doing. All right, Chris, thanks for this uh, great episode. Thanks for being a great uh, podcast partner here. And, uh, all around, just thanks for being a great guy. Honored to be here with you. We will be back next week with the next episode of the Paid Search Podcast. Be sure and go to chrisschafer.com to hear about my consulting services and my brand new amazing Patreon. Jason. You know what, Chris? I, for, I forgot the plugs, but... Um, you, you're gonna, you're to, not going to be one? honest? You're not going to do one? No, I'm going to take it easy the rest of the year oh. uh, for different reasons. And um, uh, I'll see everyone in... Uh, 2022, but we will be back next week All with right. the Paid Search Podcast. Okay.